Welcome to Triple Black TV's weekly podcast where we feature the world's most extreme athletes. This week we're featuring the legendary Alex Hunnell, who is best known for free solo and half dome in Yosemite Valley, and El Sondero and Luminoso in Mexico, hailed as the most difficult, ropeless, big wall ascent in history. And of course, his runaway bestseller, Alone on the Wall. Alex, welcome to the show. Hey Alex, this is Dan Goodwin, Triple Black TV. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Awesome, man. Hey, thanks for uh, calling us. And green yeah, no worries. Hey, hey, by no. the way, man, I really, really liked your book. I mean, uh, oh, dude, dude, yeah, you have... Uh, yeah, no, seriously. Um, for people out there who haven't read the book, I can't recommend this book enough. It, uh, if you want to know about your life, it's just uh, I had no idea what everything that you just shared with us in this book. I mean, that was part of the motivation for, for writing the book, was to put everything into one place like that. Just because, you know, I feel like there are so many different film clips and articles and, like, things out there in the world. You know, it's nice to, like, compile them into one place and be like, this is the full story. Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to get into some of the meat of the book, and, and I won't give anything away. Or, you know, I'd just like to touch on a few things we even talked about. Um, I've heard you mention that you feel like you've plateaued, that you haven't done anything major in a while, you're getting back into training. You want to tell us what that's all about? Uh, well, that's just, um, I mean, exactly as it sounds. I mean, I just haven't improved physically as a climber in quite a long time, um, which is, you know, partially a result of just too many expeditions and trips and adventures and, and, you know, all the opportunity to have now as a pro climber to travel all the time. So, I mean, it's not as if I'm unhappy with that because I've had, you know, a great, great adventure along the way. But, um, you know, I haven't climbed harder grades in a long time. And so I sort of decided that, if that's going to happen, I need to actually focus on it and, and train and get motivated. Yeah, well, what kind of training are you doing? Are you on a particular program? Well, so for the book tour and for the month before, I was actually touring in South America. I sort of did two months of fairly disciplined hangboarding, um, you know, just focusing on finger strength. And then, um, and now I've just been in sport climbing mode, trying to actually climb, um, you know, just like work on sport projects for the last month and a half. And then I'll do another round of hangboarding next month, I think, while I'm in Patagonia. Or just if if the weather's not great in Patagonia, then I'll be hangboarding a lot. But, yeah, so a a typical hangboard session is, I mean, so there there are a lot of ways that you should train. The thing is I've sort of adapted it all to suit my my lifestyle more, like because the way I'm traveling so much, um, you know, it's not that easy for me to have access to a gym or anything. So I've been traveling with a little pull-up bar and, and a hangboard. And so, you know, generally people train with weights and they do, you know, like weighted hangs, but, uh, I can't really travel with weights. So I've been sort of doing pull-ups on my, on my little contraption. Um, I don't know. It's very much a work in progress. Are you like training on big holes or are you just, uh, on small holes? Um, I've been using the Beastmaker 2000. So it's like sort of, uh, I mean, I think for an elite sport climber, they would call them very big holes. But I think they feel mm-hmm. kind of small. You know, <laughs> so I'm not going to think it's all pretty relative. Uh, you're hanging like five seconds on and three seconds off doing that kind of routine? Um, you know, so that would be like the normal way to do it. I've actually been doing just sets of max pull-ups on the worst hold I can use, basically. So um, with with certain amount of rest and everything, but basically just trying to do... Um, for a while, I was doing some warm-up stuff on, on like the bigger edges, and then I would switch to basically whatever grip is really hard for me to use under body weight, um, mm-hmm. which would be like, you know, one of the pockets or like the smallest edge or whatever. 
and then I would just try to do sets of max pull-ups on it. But the thing is, like, my, my hangboard kind of tilts a little. It, like, slants downward because of the way it hangs, which makes mm-hmm. it, like, pretty hard on body weight, um, which has actually been kind of good for me, I think, because that way I don't eat weight as much because just body weight is pretty hard. Um, I don't know, but, yeah, it's not ideal, but it's just, like, kind of the way it is when I'm traveling. So what's next? I know you and I, we talked about uh, the possibility of free solo and free rider, the 32-pitch free climb on the side of El Cap. That's still on your radar? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been done, and it's definitely still, you know, a last great challenge type thing. But, um, you know, I have no idea if I'll ever be the one to do it. But it's pretty inspiring. It's just, it's really hard. I mean, I've thought about it for years, and I've climbed the route many times with partners and ropes, and and, uh, I just don't know. You know, it's a pretty big undertaking. Is it because of pitch 24? Uh, Well, that's part of it, but then, I mean, honestly, just the the third pitch and the fifth pitch and all the, like, 5'11 slab pitches are, like, pretty insecure. And then, and there's just a lot to it, actually. I mean, when you think through the logistics of it, it's just sort of complicated because, like, if you do it in the spring when you get more shade and better conditions and a lot of the root is wet, including um, some of the crux corners up high, they often seep. And so... But if you do it in the fall when you have cooler conditions, you have less shade um, unless you climb in the dark, and it's like seems scarier to climb five eleven slab in the dark. Um, I can't imagine. I don't know. I mean, there's just there's there's a lot to it, you know, because I think it would take like four and a half or five hours to do, which is a pretty long time. Have you ever thought about doing it with like a, a base jumping suit? No, not at all. I mean, a parachute wouldn't help you at all on any of the pitches that I think I'd actually fall off of. You well, know, I mean, the slabs. Yeah, with a slab you would just slide down the slab with a parachute above you. I mean, that's not really helpful. <laughs> and like pitch twenty four, you know, there's the El Cap Tower right, or El Cap Spire right below you, or relatively mm-hmm. below you, and then there are a bunch of ledges and things. And so it would kind of like, take a miracle to to grow, you know, waiting to see who does that. And uh, and a lot of people I think are all hoping it's you. So yeah, I mean, I'd I'd, I'd love for it to be me too, but. Um, I'm not going to let that, you know, lead me to my death. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, it's certainly, it's certainly super inspiring, but it's just, it's, it's, it'll be big. That is big. That is real big. Do you feel the pressure of uh, doing something big like that now that you've uh, done so much in the past? No, no. I mean, honestly, I almost feel like less pressure because I'm like less aggro about things. Um, You know, I'm pretty happy with, with, uh, with everything. I mean, I would like to, you know, I would like to do a lot of harder things with my climbing, you know, which is the reason I'm training and the reason I'm still trying to improve physically and everything. But, mm-hmm. um, if it doesn't happen, I'm sure, I'm sure I will still lead a happy life, you know? <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask uh, you about your foundation. How's that going? Um, it's good. Way- it's good. I mean, you know, it's just like a long-term, slow and steady type of deal. So actually it's kind of interesting. I think because of the book, um, probably all the publicity surrounding the book tour and everything. It's been getting a lot more donations for the last couple months, which, uh, right which is kind of cool because maybe, uh, maybe it'll stand alone. You know, because up until this year, at least, uh, the foundation has just been me, you know, donate my own money to charity and then occasionally leveraging things to sponsors and occasionally like pulling in certain donations. But it hasn't really been like fully supported by the public so much. But, um, but it's starting to become more so, which is kind of cool. Well, anything we can do, we're hoping that this interview will help you there as well. Um, yeah, I appreciate you know, that. Yeah. No, in, in the book, you talk about uh, climbing buildings. Are you still uh, pursuing that? 
Uh, I'm not like pursuing it, but I'm, I mean, I would love to have the opportunity. I'm not really like pushing any projects myself, but if anybody approached me with something, you know, I'd be like, I mean, it's pretty fun. And, and, uh, you know, I was disappointed that, that I never got the opportunity to on Pepe 101 for like the random TV project that sort of came together and then fell apart again. Um, you know, we'll just see how, how all that stuff plays out. I'm sure at some point in my life, I'll get the opportunity to climb some buildings. No, definitely. And, you know, don't be surprised if it may be tied to your charity foundation. Yeah, no, I'd be psyched. That would be, like, best-case scenario for me. Um, I mean, I think it's really fun. I just am not willing to get arrested for it. Yeah. I know. I was just talking to Elaine Rivera about the, he's got three or four or more buildings he plans on climbing in this 2016. And, oh, uh, really? Yeah. And most of them are illegal. Right. <laughs> so... Yeah. How's, uh, how's, how's he doing? Is he fit? Is he psyched? He's fit. He's psyched. Um, you know, he's getting a little older now. He's 52. So, uh. Yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, I bet he's, like, is he still climbing past the team? Like, no, no thing? You know, I don't know if he's climbing at that level. He said he's toned it down a bit. But he is, um, definitely training. He's putting more time into his training. Kind of like, you understand. And, uh, of all the cities you've been in, uh, what uh, city has inspired you the most? Of cities? Well, it's more of the specific buildings. I mean, like, uh, the Burj Khalifa is so tall. You know, when you're in Dubai, it's like, that is an amazing building. Or Taipei 101, the way it, like, dominates the skyline. It's, like, three times taller than any other building in the city, or maybe four times. It's so big. I'm all about, you know, the the landmarks that really dominate. Mm-hmm. It's, like, I don't really care so much about the city. It's more about specific building in the way the way well i mean i guess the rest of the city is cool too but but i like having a landmark that really sticks out it's like worth climbing did you get a chance to get on uh 101 tampay well i scouted it twice i basically have like climbed the whole building with a rope i just haven't gotten to saw it what were the moves like um i i, I equated it to like 511 gym climbing it was um like big positive holds like, I mean, not terribly hard, but a really cool position and mm-hmm. uh, pretty fun. How long do you think it would take you to get up? Um, I think at the time I estimated like an hour and 15 minutes, maybe. That'd be awesome, man. Because, because it was supposed to be for a TV event, so we needed sort of a guesstimate of how long it would take for live TV. But, I mean, you never know until you actually try. Exactly. I remember when I climbed the uh, CN Tower in Toronto, uh, Guinness was there and we had a stopwatch and I did the first side in 58 minutes and the second side in an hour and two minutes. And speed, that's what really caught my attention about you in the book that how you time so many of your ascents. Wait, and wait, you, you did, you did the CN Tower and you, you did it in how long? Uh, free climbed it. Uh, yeah, did, yeah, but I did for how long? Um, 58 minutes on one side, the first side. And then I rappelled down, ran to the other side, and climbed the second side in an hour and two minutes. And wrapped okay, down the flat. Free, free soloing or free climbing? Free, totally free solo. What, uh, how, how hard is it, or what, what's the deal with it? Uh, again, I probably would put it in that level. Um, they contacted me because um, the Canadian Alpine Club had some climbers that tried to climb it, and they had ropes and everything else, and they were aiding the way up. And they came down after about halfway up and said it was impossible to climb. 
But rumor had it that they were going to try to climb it again. So they called me, got a hold of me, and said, would you be interested in climbing it? I said, sure. So I get there, and I'm looking at the building, and I'm going, you don't need it. What, they asked me, what kind of equipment do you need? I said, nothing. I said, this is a free climb to me. And so it was my first opportunity to actually free climb a building. And That's I, right. I don't think it, yeah, it was really rad, man. It was, uh, I don't think it was any harder than maybe 511 AB, something like that. But, you know, like with buildings, um, you know, you could, you could run up a ladder, for example. And yeah. after a th- after a thousand feet, you could get a pretty massive pump going. Um, yeah, no, totally, totally. <laughs> I've I've like consistently underestimated small little buildings that I've played on. Like I climbed some church in Denver, you know, it's like a seventy foot chimney or something, and I was like, oh my god, my legs are so pumped. You know, after doing <laughs> the exact same move for a bunch, like things that look totally trivial, I'm like, wow, I'm really pumped. I'm not used to like the total repetition. But yeah, well, that's that's what's different about rock climbing is that. Um, it's more complicated for sure because you get all, you know, you never know what sequence of moves you got to do, but on a building, it's the same move relatively over and over and over and over. And it, it hits the same muscle group over and over and over. Yeah. And the, the thing that scares me on buildings is the very once in a while occasion where, you know, one floor has like a conference room and it's like twice as big or who knows what, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the rare changes. I mean, that's yeah. kind of why I've prepped most of the skyscrapers is because you never know if, like, 1,200 feet up is going to be, you know, one floor that's, like, security or something, and there's just no no balcony or whatever, you know, some some stylistic change where you're just like, oh, no, I suddenly, like, can't reach between these. Like, when I scouted the Burj Khalifa, um, in between the floors, I could do basically, like, one really hard foot. Basically, there would be, like, one hard move, and then I could grab another hold and then do, you know, like, this four or five move boulder problem, and then and there's always one hard move. Except that, like, every 10 or 12 floors, one of the floors is, uh, like, a meter and a half taller. And I, I don't really know why, but so it meant that on those, it would be, like, two or two and a half hard moves instead of the one. And I was like, oh, that's disconcerting. You know, that, like, every every 100 feet or so, you just have, like, an extra crust. But, like, <laughs> nice. Yeah, Elaine Rivera was saying the same thing. Uh, some of the most challenging times of when he's hit sections of a building that he wasn't expecting, he'd look up with binoculars and think that it was the same all the way up, only to discover that the last two floors were definitely bigger. There was something yeah, different no, about totally, it. totally. I just scouted at a hotel in Angola that was like the same thing. I was supposed to climb it for live TV or some, something, like local news or whatever. And uh, I scouted it the night before and was like, I could climb the whole thing, except that I couldn't reach the top. You know, I could make it to the last balcony and then couldn't make it to the actual roof. And I was like, well, that's kind of silly, you know, because the last one is just a little bit taller. Like yeah, my word advice on that is um, if you are given the opportunity to really inspect it, uh, send guys down it to clean it, the, the, your path, and check bolts, check for grease, check to make sure everything's fastened properly because I have over the years encountered so many sections that were completely loose um, that just yeah. shocked me. Yeah, totally. That was... I was definitely going to do that if it came time to actually sold the whole building for TV. You know, like if it was happening, then I'd be like, all right, now it's time to like do a little cleaning and some inspection. But mm-hmm. I'm, just you like know, you would a rock. Yeah, totally. I know I've applied like the exact same strategy I would for actual rock climbing. Where I'm just like, well, I wrap down, I check out the moves, you know, I sort it all out. It's like pretty funny to to inspect a building that way. It's so funny to be, you know, wrapping off a roof 
like, you know, tying <laughs> full ends around pipes and stuff, being like, well, I guess this will work if you throw your static line over the edge. And you're like, all right, time to go sport repelling. Like, pretty fun. <laughs> sport repelling. <laughs> Love it. <Yeah. laughs> that's that's uh, what everybody calls it on big walls now. If you, like, wrap in on LCAP to inspect things, you're like, oh, I'm going sport repelling, or you just, like, swing around and touch holes and do whatever. Uh, is there any words of inspiration that you'd like to share with the Triple Black community? Oh, uh, no way. I don't have any words of inspiration. But, you know, <laughs> go big. Go big. Go, go big. Go big. Yeah. That's a yeah. good one, man. I don't know. With- yeah, I always, I always find that stuff hard because it's like, I don't feel like, I don't know. I mean, what do you say to that? You just like, go, go do your thing and see. Yeah, well, look at sports taking you. Yeah. But, but that's the thing is I never would have expected to go, go down this whole crazy path. And, and it's not as if it's been any kind of plan. It's just been, you know, I love to go rock climbing and I consistently try to, try to push myself and, and do my best and whatever. And so I don't know, you know, like it's, it's all been a bit of a surprise. Yeah. I think that's true with a lot of people who find themselves in your position or in whatever sport they may be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would assume that with ball sports and stuff, when you find yourself in the NBA or something, you're like, wow, this game that I've enjoyed playing my whole life now pays me so much to go keep playing the same game. Like, that's weird. You yeah, know, and people mean, are willing to pay me to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always pretty amazing when like the thing that you like to do most in the world just like becomes a job. And you're like, huh, that's that's fortuitous. I want you to know when the time is right to stop. It's always a big question for so many people. Like, for example, Dean Potter. Um, yeah, you know, you look back at that guy. He was the most talented, gifted, extreme athlete out there because he's he was good at three different sports, and took him to the highest degree you could possibly take him and and every level. Um, how do you know when to stop so you don't do that one last climb? That yeah, you I mean, take I don't know. I, I I thought about that a lot actually after Dean died. Um, I I I thought of it as the achievement treadmill. You know when you're like on a little treadmill and you do something and then you have to do something else and you have to do something else and you keep like charging along the treadmill, you're like, at what point do you get off the treadmill before you get before it goes too fast and you get ejected? You know, mm-hmm. which um yeah, I mean I thought about that a bunch after Dean. But I don't know, I mean ultimately you just do you know, whatever you're passionate for. I mean Dean was still all fired up and motivated and had plans and, and projects and um I don't know, I mean I feel like as long as I still have the fire for it I'll keep I'll keep moving forward. But then, I mean, then, as far as as far as I know, maybe uh, maybe I've already retired. You know, I mean, I haven't done any hard soloing in, in like a year or so, I guess. And uh, and no huge plans coming up. Though that's kind of been part of my natural cycle. You know, where some years I just don't don't go quite as big. But you mm-hmm. know, maybe maybe next year I won't get motivated. You know, maybe I'll just be like, oh, I just want to support time. Do you think you'll ever uh, get the bug to seeing if you can do some of these five fifteens that are being done? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, like I said, I have been training and, and I've been trying hard routes. Um, the thing is though, it's not, I mean, you know, that it's not just a matter of like, Oh, I wonder if I can do that. It's a, it's a matter of like years and years of training and disciplined effort. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, no matter how much you wanted to climb 515 right now, there's just no way, you know, it's just not possible. Um, uh, and I mean, I kind of recognize that for myself too, that, you know, if I wanted to climb 15A, it would take me, you know, at least a year and a half of like, solid training and, and being dedicated to it. Mm-hmm. Is that something you're willing to do? I don't know. 
I don't know exactly. It's probably not because I always just wind up going and doing fun adventure stuff instead. But, um, but maybe. Again, you know, time will tell. Yeah, I think uh, I, I am. I am just... definitely. I am definitely going to be more focused on that this year. I think, like more focused on on pure difficulty and and less adventure stuff. Have you ever set your sights on something like Jumbo Love? No, no. I mean, well, right now I've been working on uh, Necessary Evil, you know, which is like 14C. Yeah. Which, um, which is funny because you know Chris did it in seven tries 20 years ago or like 22 years ago or something. And I'm like, I've definitely tried it more than seven times now, and it still just feels really hard. <laughs> like, Jesus. You know, ho- hopefully I'll be able to do it. But I'm still just like, man, I'm at least 20 years behind the time in terms of cutting-edge difficulty. But that's just that's just how it is. And, and you know, and it's, I am trying my hardest. It's just it's just hard for me. You know, like, I'm yeah. not, not, like, gifted in the same way that Chris is. And he'd probably say the same about you. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you, you know, tried to do the speed record on the nose, like, I don't think it would really go for him. You know I mean? Exactly. Just because he hasn't put in the years and years of mileage on these tracks. And, you know, I mean, it's just different different aspects of the sport. Yep, different disciplines. But, yeah. But, I mean, I get real inspired looking at people like him being like, wow, it's so strong. That's so amazing. And, like, wishing that I could do that. And, you know, trying to trying to get stronger like that. So, you know, I mean, I think it's cool to look to other parts of the sport for inspiration. Mm-hmm. I get inspired by any athlete that's pushing the limits. You know, that's pretty yeah, much what totally. got us started on Triple Black was uh, just being inspired by so many athletes. When you start looking at all the different sports and when you start looking at the highest level that athletes are taking at male and female, you just go, whoa, everyone's, go- everyone's going off in every sport. Yeah, though, I mean, beyond that even, yeah, I, I totally agree. And even beyond sport. You know, if you look at anybody who's devoted their life to doing something well or just put tons of effort into doing something well, you're still like, wow, that's really impressive. Like, have you ever seen the documentary uh, Hero Dreams of Sushi about, like, some 80-year-old Japanese sushi, sushi chef? It's, like, the same sort of principle where you're just like, I can't believe he's put so much thought and effort and devotion into that over his entire life, and now he's so good at it. You know, like, wow. That's, that could be you when you're 80. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I I would be I'd be uh, happy if it was you know. <laughs> when you think about uh, have you ever thought about how old you'd like to live? How old I would like to live? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd love to live forever, I guess. But um, but barring that, I'll take whatever I can get. Yeah, I I think the one big difference that I've seen in interviews with between uh, Dean Potter and you, Dean. Um, talked about death a lot hmm. in terms of like he was almost, it was almost like this romantic thing uh, that going on. He was intrigued by it. And I yeah, see with you, was... go on. Um, whereas with you, I see that uh, you're more intrigued with life. <laughs> I, I try to be, I try to try to stay alive, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and Dean, Dean also was had a different relationship with fear and everything, and and just the whole the whole process was so different for him, you know. Whereas for me, it's just like I just like to go climbing. I like to do the things that I enjoy doing. I mean, obviously, I like try hard and push myself in them, but it's still like just a matter of having fun. Whereas for Dean, it just all seemed like a little bit more hardcore, you know, mm-hmm. like being being really afraid and like thinking about death, and then like you know overcoming that fear and, and doing those things anyway. Whereas for me, I'm like, if I'm super afraid, I'm like, screw that. I'm just not going to do it. 
it's smart. Smart. Well, it's just different different approaches, you know? Yeah. Well, again, Alex, uh, thank you for doing this interview. I, I really cannot recommend your book enough. I really oh, can't. Uh, yeah, thank, thanks so much. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sad that, that people have uh, enjoyed it. Wow. That was an amazing conversation. I don't know about you, but if that doesn't make you want to go out and buy the book, Alone on the Wall, nothing will. As Alex says, go big. Do your thing. Let's make 2016 the year we all go bigger than we've ever gone before. This is Dan Newland with Triple Black TV, your entertainment source for extreme sports.